Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Here We Are on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Lucy Weston. Thank you for joining us for this important episode, Calling All Women, What You Must Know About Your Body and Synthetic Hormones and How Herbs Can Help. My guest today, June 22, 2009, is herbalist Cynthia Johnston, who is here to fill us in on how to feel better the natural way, no matter what age you are. And let me just tell the listeners right now, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties with some of our phone lines, so I'm not sure if this is coming through clearly, and I certainly hope it is. Uh, If it's not or it gets too bad, we might have to just stop, and then we'll start again another night, and and we'll repost the show, and Cynthia and I will get back to business soon enough. Uh, In the meantime, let me give you a little information for uh, a disclaimer, and what I'd like you to know is that any claims made about specific products on or through this show are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. The reviews and opinions provided on the show are for informational purposes only and are not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare pro- professional. Please consult with your healthcare professional before taking or administering any new product to yourself or anyone else. Cynthia is the owner of Moon Made Botanicals. Moon Made Botanical products offer customers natural, herb-based products that are specially designed to be good for the body and good for the environment. You can learn more about these helpful products at www.moonmadebotanicals.com. That's www.moonmadebotanicals.com, and made is spelled M-A-I-D. Welcome, Cynthia. Hello, Lucy. It's so good to be with you. Um, I'm always excited and happy to talk about uh, women's hormone health and how simple and easy it can be to improve it with some herbs and um, some dietary changes perhaps. And um, uh, just good, good nutrition, good herbs. Well, Cynthia, I am so excited to talk about this, too, and I know there's a lot we have to cover. Let me just ask if anyone is listening to the show, if they could call in and tell us if we're coming through loud and clear or we're get, if you're picking up a lot of static. Um, I'll pick up your call, although Cynthia and I had decided prior to taping that we weren't going to take calls because we do have so much important information to get to. But we're going to just move forward until someone calls in. Uh, okay, Cynthia, you're here Lucy, to share um, your... I'm sorry. Say I just again? wanted to. I wanted to let you know that it's coming over the internet just fine. Oh, that's great. That's good news. Then thank you for telling me that. So maybe it's just at my end what I'm hearing. Um, so let's let's talk about your ep- expertise in this very confusing area. And just so the listeners know, I don't know anything about this area, and Cynthia is the expert. So. I'm going to try to be the guide here. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how Moonbade Botanicals came about? 
Sure, Lucy. Um, I got interested in herbs um, as a, a teenager. I had some health issues of my own asthma, particularly, and I tired of um, the medication and the shot and uh, drug routine um, and started looking for alternative ways to care for myself. And in that, I fell in love with plants and how you could make teas and mix them up. Um, could go out in your yard and pick certain things like dandelions and uh, even rose petals and make a simple tea out of them. And through that, um, study uh, on my own with books and um, local herbalists often where I lived, things of that nature, um, I started making some products of my own. Um, in working with a doctor in the very early 90s in Northern California, we uh, were prescribing Premarin, uh, which was marketed to us as natural estrogen. We were informed by a patient what Premarin is. And um, uh, in case anyone doesn't know, it's pregnant mare's urine, and it's uh, perfectly natural for horses, but not really for women. Um, it's quite synthetic, despite it being called natural estrogen because it's made from urine. And the process of, of creating it is also quite cruel to the mares that are used to extract their urine. But at any rate, this led to um, us looking in natural food stores and seeing what was going on, um, what they were selling as alternatives. We saw wild yam creams, and we were both herbalists. She was as well an MD. But we thought, well, we know how to do that. So we pulled a few other herbs together, and I began making uh, this cream, uh, uh, wild yam cream, as well as a salve, and a couple of other herbal products. And uh, our wild yam cream was working incredibly well for our perimenopausal and menopausal women. And about that time, the FDA changed some regulations, and all of the wild yam companies had to... Um, have a look at their labels because some of them were actually making progesterone creams while others were true herbal wild yam formulas like the one I was making. So um, then suddenly we, uh, we thought, well, wow, uh, we better have our cream tested to see how much progesterone is in it because wild yam being called, uh, progesterone being called wild yam extract, we thought we would have some percentage of it in there and we didn't. So the the discovery was that there were wild yam creams of an herbal nature, and there were also progesterone creams. Now, and, um, these, let me just interrupt you. These would be considered natural hormones. These would be considered natural. A progesterone cream would be considered a bioidentical hormone cream. A wild yam cream is an herbal substitute for these bioidentical hormone creams. Some are just progesterone. Others have estrogens added as well. And these are certainly far better um, remedies and support for menopause and perimenopause and other hormone-related issues, which there are many beyond just menopause. However, just to say that these creams are, are, are definitely better than the synthetic hormones, but um, some women, particularly women who've had cancer issues or are just quite very natural, they don't want to use a hormone even though it's called natural. So they look for products like mine, which are more herbal in nature. Um, now, could you explain a little bit between uh, the difference between this, the quote-unquote synthetic hormones and then what we're talking about is the natural hormones? The natural hormones, the bioidentical hormones, are um, bodies that mimic what our bodies uh, produce. Synthetic hormones are hormones, raw hormones, with a molecule of some type added, and each 
pharmaceutical company chooses a different molecule so they can patent it because they can't patent hormones, you see, they're natural. So right. they have to change it somewhat and so that they can put a patent on it, call it a certain thing, and and we have a drug. And it's that synthetic molecule that has been so problematic for so many women. They have either side effects related to it um, and some of them quite severe. Some of the women that were part of the Women's uh, Health Institute study of hormones, one of the first studies that had ever really been done, there were no uh, double-blind medical studies done on these hormones. Hormones were presented to women in the 60s as the way to stay young forever. And it was either in a Life or a Look magazine and I've been searching for this for some time, a, a doctor wrote uh, an article, and the beginning line of the article was, this is the magic pill that will prevent our women from becoming dried up old sexless hags. Well, isn't, wasn't that nice of him? Yes, and this was, I'm pretty sure it was a Life magazine, um, and it was a Dr. Robert Young, as I recall, and... Um, uh, yeah, so that was the beginning of, of Premarin. And then uh, so many women began developing breast cancer um, and uterine cancer issues that an, a synthetic estrogen was added, and that became Prempro. And um, if you had had a hysterectomy, it was okay to take Premarin, but if you had still had your uterus intact and that was the way it was prescribed, then you, were, uh, you took one with a, an estrogen added. And, of course, again, the estrogens are synthetic because they need to be patented. So um, so these drugs were created. And um, there, there, there is an issue for, for women and men as well with, with the hormone imbalance in our environment related to chemicals that are estrogenic when they enter the human body, like pesticides, um, off-gassing of plastics, gas fumes, the growth hormones that are given to particularly beef and um, chickens, are estrogen to make them grow fatter faster. Wait, can you just back up? Did you just say the off-gases from plastic? Yes, I did, as an estrogenic substance when it enters the human body, hence the move to use these non-leaching plastics. But yes, it's quite problematic, and all of that material that I'm talking about, that residue and runoff, even if we ourselves are not consuming it, what goes on around us is going into the water table. And it, it doesn't matter how clean your diet is, you're exposed to this massive amount of chemicals that are in our environment. Plastic bags are the worst. That's the worst pollutant in the ocean. There's a five-mile stretch of plastic bags out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean where very few people go. It's a gathering point. So plastic bags have just been banned in a couple of counties in Northern California. So you're saying when, that. when these type of products get into our system, either through some kind of ingestion process or, through, you know, the water leaching through and then you cook with the water, you drink the water, these are turning into, they affect our hormones or they are hormones? They are horm hormonal in nature and they affect the balance of our hormones because they are estrogenic, so they give our body more estrogen than it can process. So for women, we've been experiencing kind of like the canaries in the coal mine because we've been given these drugs as well as what's in the environment. Um, we've been experiencing this overgrowth of tissues, i.e. breast cancer and 
fibroids and endometriosis. And our young ladies are starting their periods as young as eight years old. And we see young boys with breasts, men with breast cancer. I this have noticed, all. yeah, on the street or where I, even at any local uh, coffee shop, when you see teenage girls, they are very developed. And, you know, I do, you hear it and you, sometimes you read things, and, oh, it's the, it's the hormones that they're putting in the chicken or the beef. And I, I'm sure, you know, you could talk a little bit about that, um, what you're taking in in your diet directly. But that definitely, it's, it's certainly different uh, than it was 10, 15, 20 years ago, just the body type of women in general right. by age, you know, from prepubescent through puberty into uh, young adulthood, you can see a different, I think just in general the, the society is gaining a lot of weight and we obviously have an obesity epidemic. That's another topic. But so you, so is it besides the, so let me back up. What you're telling me and our listeners is that we're being inundated by Things that are either causing our hormones to be out of balance, or we're being over, we're also being overwhelmed by too much influx in our bodies. Is that correct? Right. Yes, I'm, and coming from all sorts of sources. And if, if you can well imagine, though estrogen is the dominant female hormone, we do need more estrogen in general than we need any of our other sexual hormones. But when we're inundated with it like that our bodies struggle to keep to maintain a balance with everything else. And in the case of progesterone, which is how we started this discussion, it is the secondary female hormone, but it controls the levels of your estrogens, which we have three, and your androgen, which is testosterone. So hence, when there's an imbalance, we see low... Um, uh, uh, we see uh, anxiety, starts working on our moods, depression... Um, no sex drive is working on the testosterone. Um, hair falling out, kind of a uh, an imbalance again in the testosterone and estrogen, creating a male pattern baldness. Um, and then, not to mention hair growth on the face. Uh, um, these are some of the things that affect um, perimenopausal and menopausal women. And then we also see very intense PMS because. Our, our bodies struggle to get our progesterone levels up to enough to, for our period to start. So we have cramps and all that business that girls and women go through. And then we have, uh, you know, these symptoms happening early, uh, coming to of age, early, early onset puberty, as it's called. Um, you know, because there's too much estrogen too fast. And then what what I'm also noticing, and you can see what you notice yourself in society, is that um, our young ladies mature very fast. They get very voluptuous. And then they immediately begin to get quite fat. Yes. And um, it happens like boom, boom. It's like they're speeded up. Their whole metabolism, their whole lifespan has been speeded up. And um, and, and weight gain is definitely a symptom of it, of, of let me put it this way, it can be a symptom of hormone imbalance, as it is in many menopausal women who suddenly pack on a few pounds around their belly and they cannot get it off. And I'm telling you, I'm one of those women. I just have had to, and it happened overnight to me. I'm 54, still have a period, but suddenly my body just shifted. And it's been an interesting, you know, observing. I've been talking about menopause I've for so long. I've heard that from many women that, uh, they they got the weight they're they're thin overall but then they got the weight around their waist and they just yeah. doesn't matter how many sit ups they do 
how much running they do, the dieting that they do. They can't get it off. And it's called toxic weight, and it's estrogenic weight gain. And so it's, um, and you can get it off, but it's a, it's finding that balance with your body and working with your, with your hormone levels a bit. And I make it really simple. I think most women, if they just work on pumping their progesterone up a bit, be it with my cream or with a progesterone cream, get the progesterone levels pumped up a bit. Support the adrenal glands, which get stressed because they also make some sex hormones and will try to kick in where the ovaries aren't picking up. That's where we see um, fatigue and insomnia. Uh, women whose adrenals are just, just completely exhausted trying to keep up. Then the thyroid goes after that. And um, often then we see women having, you know, sugar issues, um, pancreas. It's kind now, of a I, know, I have heard that sugar does affect the hormones. Is that true? Yes, it seems to be an estrogen stimulator, as caffeine is. Oh, yes, I want to talk about the caffeine thing because we always hear about hot flashes, and I I read that hot flashes are are somehow, they they correlate it with a lot of caffeine. Is that true? Well, coffee is an estrogen stimulator. Coffee is a part of that piece, but there's also an alkaloid in the coffee bean that's an estrogen stimulator as well. And... um, so it's not just the caffeine. So drinking decaf is not necessarily the answer. I mean, too so much coffee for menopausal women often gives them palpitations too, and that's no good. Uh, you know, heart palpitations, a fluttery heart. These are heart, you know, things start to shift, and if we don't pay attention to our hormones, that's when we have all these. It's been my experience, let me put it this way, with the many women I've worked with that, if we just can get to that root core thing of progesterone and let, try to let everything else fall into place while supporting our adrenal glands. And I'll tell you a simple way to support your adrenal glands is with nettle tea, stinging nettles, but it's often called nettles. So it's a great adaptogen for the adrenals, also full of absorbable minerals, calcium being top on the list. Mm-hmm. With with the appropriate amount of magnesium and so forth, that it can be absorbed rather than it being a pill or some milk or a hunk of cheese. Um, you get this beautiful, absorbable green calcium. And a, a few cups of tea a day, a couple cups of tea, um, or making a strong infusion and drinking it throughout the day is a great way to just get a nice mineral balance in your body. Now, let me ask and, you, what is nettle? Is it a flower? It's a plant. It's a a green plant. It's called the stinging weed. If you go for a walk in the woods and you get stung by something, it's likely a nettle. It's a beautiful, just a soft-looking weed, really. I mean, anyone else would call it a weed. I just happen to know what it is and really love it. So it's it's nettle. It's an herb. So many of what we call herbs are just what would be called by... um, someone with a lawn, a weed, it would be nettles or dandelions, clover, all those kind of things that I value very much are often thought of as weeds. Now, if we were to eat dandelion greens, because those you can purchase in, in most Whole Foods uh, and you cook them up in whatever way you prefer, does that help with the hormones? Or when you start to cook things, does it break down the, the availability of the, the, the positive effects? In eating greens like that, any kind of green, um, you just don't want to boil it. You know, just a, a light steaming makes dandelion greens sometimes more palatable and not quite so bitter. But um, uh, you just don't want to really boil them or re- really, really cook them intensely. Um, 
so a steaming or, you know, snipping up a bit of dandelion leaf and pouring some nearly boiling water on it and drinking it as a cup of tea would be effective and appropriate too. You wouldn't be no. killing the mineral content. Now, everyone, there's this big uh, jump to be on the bandwagon for soy, whether it's soy milk or these substitute soy products like uh, uh, soy burgers or the soy or tofu turkey and all these different things that are, that are promoted in our in the media as being a healthier substitute or a healthier choice may not be so healthy from what I'm hearing from what you're saying. Well, I think that soy in a lot of those... Um, products that you just mentioned are, are really manipulated soybeans and, uh, you know, not particularly natural, particularly the fake meats are, you know, they're just not really very natural. There's all kinds of nitrates and chemicals and stuff in them to make them taste like meat. And um, soy, I mean, for women and soy isoflavone is marketed to women because it's estrogenic and for all the reasons that we've discussed so much estrogen in the environment, it's in our food, um, and what we might really need is progesterone. I'm, I'm not a real big fan of eating a ton of soy. Uh, and another aside is that some women become quite um, reactive to soy in, in their transitional years towards menopause, uh, really, really sensitive to it. There's a couple of um, good books out there about uh, one's called The Hidden Dangers of Soy, um, Diane Grigg is the author, uh, about her experience with soy and how it affected her hormone balance. It just about killed her. And it was very sudden. It didn't, ha you know, it didn't happen over a, any, a long period of time. It was just a kind of quick, sudden buildup over a few months. Is, is she so, the author in her book that talks about how soy caused bloating and she couldn't figure mm -hmm. out how the, why the bloating was happening and she thought she was doing a good thing by taking all the soy and then it turned out to be the, the precursor to other problems? Is that the right yes. book? Yes, okay. that is her. And, she, and, and that was it. That was one of the initial symptoms that she was reacting to. It was bloating. But she didn't pay a, I mean, She wasn't really making the connection. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then she, you know it built up and built up, and it got quite severe because estrogen does build up in the body, and um that's a problem so uh, and progesterone may build up in the body too, and so why not, in my mind, use a natural product when you can, like a wild yam cream if it is effective for you, and I've certainly had many, many, many women I've been doing this for fifteen or so years now. Cynthia, let, let, me let me interrupt you one second. I'm getting a lot of static on my end, so so forgive me if if I'm a little disconnected because I'm having a hard time hearing what Cynthia is saying. But I just want to back up a little bit about all of these symptoms, things we're talking about, uh, the hot flashes, potential bloating. Across the board, are those the, the typical things that we would know, or is there are there other telltale signs that we have a hormonal imbalance uh, male or female, predominantly the show is about women of all ages, so I'd like to you know, stay towards that uh, uh, group of people. But um, what are the other ways we know that we have an imbalance? Well, women are, I mean, I notice most typically they have a night sweat is the first thing that happens, or they begin to have periodic hot flashes or um, a difficulty sleeping are some of the early signs of a hormonal shift for many women. Um, even just having a more intense PMS uh, type episode, which is what happened for me when I was in my early 40s. I just suddenly started having PMS, and I'd never had PMS before. 
I was, used to think, you know, these girls were all just making it up, you know. And that was your telltale sign? That was how you that knew? Was my, yeah. mm-hmm, that was my telltale sign. And then um, a few years, I started using my cream off and on mm-hmm. and to, with great success. And then I, a bit later on, I had a depression episode, which was very odd for me. So, um, um, but hot flashes, I would say, and, and, and then as women get a little bit older, vaginal dryness becomes pr- quite problematic. Now, so, I know uh, you have, do you have products for that issue? I do. At mm-hmm. I have do you a, want to tell us a little bit more about those products? I do. My, uh, my Wild M cream is called Pro-Meno, Pro-Menopause, and it's but also effective for PMS and uh, perimenopause and those type of issues. Um, I do for vaginal dryness. It's a combination product with, with the Promenal, same oil base, but it's more like a salve, more like Vaseline, called Vital Vulva. Um, and those are my two most specific menopause products. I make a breast balm as well um, for breast massage with St. John's Wort and poke root. So now, that help with tenderness? Is that what that's yes. for? Yes. Mm-hmm. The St. John's Wort is quite anti-inflammatory, so it works great for just simple tenderness or even other uh, more cystic type issues, the poke root can be very effective for that. And then I make an ointment for yeast infections, which is also quite problematic for women as their vaginal tissue thins. And I think that having a natural herbal product is a a nice way to go with that issue. It certainly, you know, doesn't hurt to try the herbal issue first. And if that doesn't work, you can always go to your doctor and get a prescription. Mm. But when when one could do something as simple as um, using a cream and drinking some herbal teas and perhaps taking a tincture and maybe making a few dietary changes, why not go that route or at least try it first? I'm certainly I not totally going to hurt you. I agree with you because with everything going on in our society and all the chemicals that we're bombarded with every day, any change you can make in your life that gets rid of some chemicals in any form, and then you can introduce natural, uh, you know, products and healthier products that are good for the body, as your your uh, your motto is, and, and good for the environment is certainly an important way to go. We have about three minutes left, Cynthia. Is there anything else you'd like to add that, that our listeners need to know to take away from this conversation? And then I want to uh, reintroduce your your website again. Okay, I would just quickly say that I would encourage what we were just saying to try a simple natural route first, um, something as simple as a cream, some herbal teas. Um, uh, there's certainly a lot of information about that, um, some of these subjects on my website, and I'm happy always to email and uh, uh, take phone calls to be of any help I can. Because it is my mission to get Premarin production to cease Premarin production is one of the most horrible things that we could be doing to these beautiful creatures and no need for it to be going on. Well, I, I have to thank you so much, Cynthia. This has been very enlightening. I apologize to anyone who had any kind of technical uh, uh, problem, at, and I hope this recorded well and so more people can hear it. I learned a lot from you. I have a feeling our listeners did too. Um, remember, if you would like to find out more about Cynthia and Moon Made Botanicals, you can go to her website at www.moonmadebotanicals.com. Again, that's made spelled with M- like like a household maid, M-A-I-D, and botanicals has an S on the end. So it's moonmadebotanicals.com. And I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for joining us. Uh, be sure to tune in for our next show, which will take place in July, for our Chick 
slick chat series featuring women's roles and roles for women in all types of film. Also, I invite you to come by our website at www.herewearewithlucy.com for lots of great info on making your busy life better, brighter, and easier on our way to running the world. Remember to sign up for free emails. We do great promotional gift giveaways every month, and you're always up to date with all of our information. It's free, and we never share your information. This is your host, Lucy Weston. Thanks for tuning in at Here We Are on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, may your life be better, brighter, and easier today and every day. Bye now.